You're listening to a Sunday morning message by Authentic Church. If you have a Bible with you this morning, uh, would you turn to Matthew chapter 8? And I'm going to be reading verses 1 to 4 and 14 to 17. And it's called Jesus Heals a Man with Leprosy. When Jesus came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately, he was cleansed of his leprosy. Then Jesus said to him, see that you don't tell anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest and offer the gift Moses commanded as a testimony to them. And then from 14 to 17, when Jesus came into Peter's house, he saw Peter's mother-in-law lying in bed with a fever. He touched her hand and the fever left her and she got up and began to wait on him. When evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to him and he drove out the spirits with a word and healed all who were ill. This was to fulfil what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took up our infirmities and bore our diseases. And in Luke chapter 4, verse 39, this passage where Jesus speaks to Peter's mother-in-law is repeated and it says, so he bent over her and rebuked the fever and it left her. And she got up at once and began to wait on them. That video clip you just watched is from something called The Chosen. And The Chosen is a brand new television drama based on the life of Jesus of Nazareth. It is the first ever multi-season series about the life of Jesus. And season one was the top crowd-funded TV series or film project of all time. And crowd-funded means just what it says it is. It was paid for by people. So there were no big movie houses doing this. It was all being put together through people giving. It's released completely independently. There's no major studios backing it. And I think there's going to be seven series. And I think they're only on... Uh, or seven seasons, sorry, and I think there's, we're only on season three, I think. Um, and what's so amazing about it is it's, it's, it portrays Jesus through the eyes of those who met him. So if you try to kind of think, well, that doesn't say that in the Bible. No, you won't find that it says that in the Bible. Like Jesus saying, green looks great on you, it's not too shabby. doesn't say that. But it portrays Jesus in just such a beautiful way um, and we've watched the first two seasons at least twice I think or we're certainly on twice and every time you watch and you do need a box of tissues though because I'm always sobbing through it the portrayal is just beautiful 
In authentic church, we state our purpose as to continue what Jesus started. Jesus came and preached the good news of the gospel, that the kingdom of heaven is near. Jesus healed the sick physically, emotionally and spiritually, and he set the captives free. And Jesus commissions us and gives us all authority to do the same in his name. In fact, in John 14, verse 12, Jesus goes further than that and he says this. What I'm about to tell you is true. Anyone who believes in me will do the works I do. In fact, they will do even greater things. So what we have just watched, what we have just read, Jesus asks us to do the same. And today is one of our regular healing services. And there's three things I would love to see happen this morning. I would love to see our faith raised. I would love to see how Jesus healed people so that we can go and do the same. And ultimately, I would love to see people healed. There's three things I want to clear up first, and this is the first one. We are not faith healers. We are not faith healers. When we pray for people to be healed, it is not our healing powers that heal people. That should immediately set you free from any performance anxiety. It is not our faith in our own abilities that heals people. It is our faith in God. It is our faith in his healing power that people are healed. Catherine Coleman, an incredible healing evangelist, sums it up like this. I am not a woman with great faith. I am a woman with a little faith in the great God. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 17, verse 20, truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. It is our faith in God no matter how small that can make the impossible happen. The second thing I want to clear up, and I really debated about whether I should say this this morning, until I remembered as a church what we're called is authentic. And being authentic is being real and being honest with you. And I'm going to say this, which in a healing service sounds rather strange. But the second thing I want to say this morning is, sometimes God doesn't heal people. I don't know why. And it hurts when he doesn't. Isaiah 55 verses 8 to 9 says this, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. What this says to me is you won't always understand why, but he calls us to trust him 
and still love him. I don't want our fear of people not being healed to hold us back from trying. If our motive is to love the person we are praying for and they feel loved by our prayers, then whether they are healed or not, they cannot be harmed by our prayers. So let us not give in to fear, but continue to pray for healing in love. So the first example I want to look at this morning is Jesus heals a man with leprosy. And there are three things that I want to draw out of this passage. And for those in the room, three things from what we saw from that video clip. The first one is this. Jesus did not hold back or withdraw. Verse three told us Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. That would have been a crazy thing to do at that time with a person with leprosy, to reach out and touch that person. As we saw in the clip, they were throwing daggers at this person. They were saying, throwing, they were holding down, saying, don't come near. They didn't want Jesus to go near. But Jesus turned to them, and I loved it when he just turns to them and he holds his hands up to the disciples and just ceases them and stops them. Jesus demonstrated love and compassion. He was not afraid of getting involved. He touched the untouchable. He approached the unapproachable. Often when we hear of tragic circumstances, we can withdraw. We don't offer prayer and sometimes we don't want to get involved. We can feel awkward or embarrassed. What if I say the wrong thing? What if I do the wrong thing? But not Jesus. He metaphorically rolls up his sleeves. He got stuck in. He got involved. If we want to continue what Jesus started, we're going to have to get involved. Whatever the cost to our sensibilities or fears. But our motivation for doing so needs to be love and compassion. As Jesus acted out of love, so must we. The second thing I love about this passage is that Jesus didn't feel the need to pray lengthy or wordy prayers. He healed the man with just two words, be clean. How many of us, if we are honest, when we're asked to pray for healing, do we pray a lot of words? We cover all the bases. We pray into every possible angle. But there is a risk here that we miss praying for the very thing the person wanted. I know I've asked for a prayer before and the person's come in and they've laid hands on and they've prayed these most eloquent, beautiful prayers and then finished and I've realised they actually haven't prayed for the very thing I wanted praying for because they just weren't listening, they weren't hearing. And I think there's just this fear. I'm just going to say lots of words in prayer, Lord, because one of them must stick. Jesus doesn't do that. Let's look again at what the man wanted with leprosy. Verse two, it says, Lord, if you are willing. What does he say? He says, you can make me clean. What did Jesus pray? Be 
clean. The next time you pray for someone's healing, don't forget to pray for the very thing they actually ask for. This means we need to listen. And if you're not sure what it is they want prayer for, then just ask them again. Say, just to be really clear, what is it that you would like prayer for today? Because Jesus, when he prayed, got right to the heart of the matter. And this isn't the first time. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 51, when he encounters blind Bartimaeus, which you would think was a fairly obvious need, Jesus still says to him, what do you want me to do for you? When we pray for people, let's pray for what they need healing for. And if you do, and if we do, then we're following a very good teacher. And the third thing I want to draw from this this morning is, notice what Jesus says to the man next. Does he say, follow me? Does he demand that person's loyalty or repayment? Did he say, now you can believe in me and now you can come to church? No. Jesus says, go, show yourself to the priests and offer them a gift Moses commanded as a testimony to them. Jesus wanted to restore the man into his community. He wanted his total healing. And Jesus didn't heal him for personal gain. Jesus prayed so the person would gain everything. What is our motive when we pray for healing? Is it for our benefit? Is it for God's benefit? Is it that they would become a Christian? Jesus healed the person and loved the person first. His motive was their health, their well-being and their welfare, regardless of the outcome or what happened next. He felt love and compassion for the pain the person was in and he healed them. There was no other motive. We need to do the same. Let's look at our second example this morning. So what do I want to draw out? What can we learn from this healing? They didn't ask Jesus to heal Peter's mother-in-law. In verse 14, it says, He, Jesus, saw Peter's mother-in-law lying in bed with a fever. Jesus saw the need and he prayed. I have a friend at the moment who has a sister with a terminal illness. And I've offered to pray, but they've politely declined. So I pray from a distance, because we know that prayers like this work. After a few months, and without being pushy, I've offered a second time. But again, I've also been politely declined, and I continue to pray. In time, I will undoubtedly offer again. Jesus saw the need and he prayed. And we can do the same, but we need to be sensitive and not a Christian bull in a broken person's china shop. The second thing I noticed this morning about Jesus healing Peter's mother-in-law, that again he reached out and touched her. And we also saw in the video clip and we read in Luke's account that he rebuked the fever. 
again, Jesus spoke to what he saw. He saw a fever and he prayed the fever would leave. Again, when we offer to pray for someone, pray for what is seen. Now, we might be aware that there are other parts of a life that we think might need healing. But first, let's pray for the thing that is being presented Again, how many times we pray for people, I've received prayer and people pray for this and that and they've missed the very thing that's being presented. Yes, there might be occasions when the Holy Spirit will reveal something else to you that needs prayer. But that needs to be handled with real care and sensitivity and generally through an ongoing period of prayer ministry. Certainly never call something out if it's in a public situation or someone uh, is at risk of being exposed. So again, I really want to encourage us to offer prayer when we see people suffering. What about when we might need prayer? Sadly, we are very British and we tend not to ask for prayer. So let's help people out gently and sensitively. And there's just two examples that I'm going to give of, of, of praying for people. And this isn't about looking at me. This isn't about saying, look what I've done. This is about saying what Jesus has done. But I was sitting in church one day and a person came in and they were like a Dalek. They couldn't move their neck. And they were sitting there next to me and we finished the service. And I just turned and said, would you like me to pray for you? And they looked surprised. God help us. When in a church we offer to pray for someone, they look surprised. Lord, raise our faith, change our game, I pray. But they did agree. So I gathered some people round and we laid hands on. And it was a very um, particular scenario and I can remember it really well because I felt the Lord say to me, I want you to rebuke the pain. Now I that's a prayer I think I've only prayed once or twice when I've prayed for people's healing. So I rebuked the pain and the person looked up amazed at the freedom they found that they could move their neck. Secondly, second example I can think of again, in church, a good friend came in, their eyes were red and swollen and sore and itchy and the service had finished. We were in the kitchen washing up and serving tea and I looked at him I said, would you like us to pray for you? <laughs> and she said, yeah. So I grabbed a chair, sat him down in the middle of the kitchen, grabbed some people around, laid some hands on, put some hands on his eyes and just prayed. And even I can remember being shocked when I took my hands away and his eyes were so much clearer and we prayed again. Can I encourage us, when we see a need, can we pray? Can we offer to pray? Because we're British, we don't say, I'd like to be prayed for. It's just not in our psyche. It doesn't come natural. I, I wish it was different. And can I just encourage us again? When we look at how Jesus healed people, it wasn't some wild and exuberant and a shouting show. Jesus didn't do it. Neither do we. Yes, we need to be authoritative, but never bullying. Let's never 
ever leave the person feeling worse after we prayed for them than before we did. And then lastly, let us never ever forget the ultimate healing that Jesus offers, which is to forgive us of our sins. When a paralysed man is brought before him, he first tells him in Matthew 9, 5, your sins are forgiven. That healing is available today, right here and right now. 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all our wickedness. There is no sin bigger then God's grace and mercy and love cannot forgive. So in conclusion, Jesus performed miracles of healing and he calls us to continue the work he started. In fact, he says we can do greater things. We don't pray for healing in faith in our own abilities, but faith in the one who performs the healing. Jesus heals out of love and compassion to ease pain and suffering. There was no other agenda. Jesus showed us how to heal people. He prayed specifically for the need in hand and he prayed very concisely. Let's be bold to copy him. Jesus offered prayer when he saw a need. Let us not wait to be asked. So the question is now, do you have a need you would love to see Jesus heal today? Amen.